Hello! And welcome back to the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Polk, and your commissioner. And I am here again with the usual suspect, Nick Spears. Say hello, Nick. I am also here. How's it going, man? You know, can't complain. Work, work, busy, be. How are things going with you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, normal amount of busy. Not crazy, but not uh, taking it easy. Uh, yeah, things are pretty good. Good. Glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. How fancy go for you? It went pretty well. Uh, better than expected, I would say. I did win, as we will discuss shortly. And I won in my other league. And USC won, but the Bears lost. So it was like a three out of four weekend on football. Well, three out of four is not bad. Yeah, for sure. And I had the high score of the week. Ah, oh, don't don't brag about it. I mean, yeah. come on, no one no one likes a sore winner. You asked how it was. I, I walked right into this trap. Yep. So I was thinking we would do a combo week one recap, week two preview. Does that sound good to you? Sure, let's do it. All right. How about um, we'll do. Lowest high score first. We'll do in reverse order of the winning score. I enjoyed the convoluted ways you try to assign which uh, matchups we're going to go through each week. It always yep. is something different. Yeah, you know. Right. I just How about next week we do it by, like, in order of height? Okay. The height of winner or loser? Or average height uh, of the combatants? <laughs> uh, let's go with the loser's height. Okay. Next week, that's what we'll do. Okay. In the meantime, and is that ascending height or descending height? Uh, ascending because okay. what would you want to start at the top and work your way down that's true no. me and gary nabby are pretty much the same we we measured ourselves at the zoo one time <laughs> that's a weird touchstone that you guys have <laughs> yeah were, were you at the uh dolphin exhibits with the scale right there i don't remember it was a really long time ago but we made fun of jen because she was like half an inch shorter than all of us so we said she was short and we were tall that is shocking yeah, I will say we similarly have a theme of taking photos of Sloan, but of and the dolphin exhibit right next to the scale of sounding like how big is she compared to a baby dolphin and an adult dolphin. But she's one, and you guys are, I assume, adults. We are, yeah, and in age anyway, chronologically adults. Yeah, okay, biologically adults. All right, so uh, first match then going in reverse, winning score order or i guess ascending so is that normal because reverse would be greatest first so i'm going to say it is in non-reverse it is in forward winning score order and that would be casey johnson versus annalisa uh casey changed his name and i don't know if he's mocking me or not uh it's now called what's that it's pat instead of sloppy mahomes and annalisa is still the girly men casey won 85.2 to 71.1 have any thoughts on this game uh, I, I probably do, but I for some reason can't find the game because my computer sucks. And honestly, it was mostly because I was on the wrong week because I'm super prepared for this podcast. Well, I will say... <laughs> You're probably uh, going to dock my pay. I will. You get nothing. So, uh, Casey, remember when we made fun of Lamar Jackson and said... Well, when I, I admit I was the one who was more down on Lamar Jackson. You were a bit of a defender, so I, I'm the one who needs to take this one. Uh, I was like, why have a backup if your backup is Lamar Jackson? And then Lamar Jackson on Casey's bench went psychotic. Uh, he ended up with 33.6 points, which is very, very good. However, his starting quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, and you can't bench Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and he did uh, 27.3. So he was good either way on that front. Uh, and so that 
obviously catapult. That was a large majority of Casey's 85 points. He also got 17 points out of Harrison Butker because you like talking about kickers. Oh, thank God we're getting some kicker references in here. Yep. I think this game is going to bring up what I think is a theme for the week, whereas there's a lot of points left on people's benches, but I don't think anyone actually made a wrong decision. I mean, in hindsight, obviously, but when you have the available information for you, you made the, I think everyone mostly made the right plays. Like, how are you ever going to bench Patrick Mahomes in favor of Lamar Jackson? You're not going to do it. So the fact that he, it, you know, he burns a 33.65 touchdown game um, for Lamar Jackson. I mean, granted, he only lost out on six points because Patrick Mahomes also had a really great day. But, you know, obviously he would have liked to have played Lamar Jackson. You're never going to do that. In no world are you ever thinking to yourself, mm, man, this is a tough decision. Do I play Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Actually, you know, coin flip. So this will be a theme, but everyone kind of had these issues. If you look at the other side, Annalisa had the same thing. Dak Prescott goes for 33.4 points, just a tick lower than Lamar Jackson by 0.2 points, but you're never going to play him over Cam Newton. And when he's playing the Rams and he's got, you know, the best running back who also catches a lot of passes. So it's just a strange system of events that we've got going on. It's true. And it's also really funny to me. Uh, it, it was an, a very exciting matchup between benched quarterbacks, uh, really. Between the two of them, they went crazy. So way to go, guys. But uh, that was obviously much more costly for Annalisa than it was for Casey because uh, both both uh, benched quarterbacks scored above uh, in between 33 and 34 points, and yet uh, – the starters were the big difference because Casey had 27 and uh, with Cam Newton, Annalise only had 5.4. Right. So literally the difference between winning and losing, because you make that switch, even though you never have done it, she wins this game. I mean, Casey didn't exactly have a great week. Aaron Jones didn't do much. So Michelle didn't do, well, basically no one else on his team did a whole lot except for Patchmore Holmes and Harrison Butker. Yeah. Nobody, uh, n- not even, uh, barely double digits out of the Bills defense and no one else had double digits. So yeah, yeah, not not super strong. And also, you know, the touchstone for uh, our league is that if you score over 100 points, you you had a good week. Uh, below 100 points is probably it's a subpar week, and obviously there's um, gradations in there. But man, both teams just didn't uh, didn't come to play. You know, but I think both these teams are actually pretty good as constructed. So it's an anomaly week. Yeah, I think Casey needs to be looking for a trade to sell Lamar Jackson either while he's hot or if he keeps it up, but he can't start both of his quarterbacks, so uh, he needs to upgrade his roster to someone else. From what else. I understand, though, Lamar Jackson's actually just a running back, so... Our our rules will not permit him to start him at the running back position, unfortunately. He called, he called himself a running back. I feel like this uh, ESPN needs to update. I see. Well, yeah. so next in increasing winning score, we've got... Gary versus Abby. Gary won uh, in a slightly higher scoring game. You can't beat to the Mingo versus Vance down by the river. 98.8 to 81.3. And uh, as as previewed last week, it was a matchup of big uh, starting running backs. It was the number one pick versus the number two pick. And in this particular week, uh, Christian McCaffrey far outshone Saquon Barkley. So two things on this one. I think this spread of the actual outcome was it's a, just slightly bigger than the 14 point i think it was 14 point spread that we had you know pre-game yeah. so it ended up being about 17 mm-hmm. so i mean good call on espn finally getting one kind of right yeah um yeah. 
And then the second part is, I guess I should eat some crow on Christian McCaffrey. Granted, it's one week, but I was down on him after the draft, and I expressed that. I still don't fully trust him, but dude goes off for 32.9 points. So, uh, you know, when that quarterback, Lamar Jackson, that we just talked about, had five touchdowns and got 33-point-something points, Christian McCaffrey has 32.9, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, he's, I, yes, he's, he was super good last year, and obviously he's off to a hot start this year. I, I would love to have him on roster. If he was available at the third pick, I definitely would have taken him. He was, I had him second on my board behind Squan Barkley as well. I mean, bold move with that kind of call. I, yeah. Well, I mean, really I was going, going third. Limb. I, I'm not really saying. Really going was, on a limb, putting him second. I'm not saying I was going, I was being bold. I'm just saying uh, I, I had a third pick, so I knew I was going to get somebody super good. I was kind of hoping he would fall to me, but he did not. Hmm. Well, the boost outsmarted you. Exactly. Uh, what else on the roster? So uh, Deshaun Watson versus Matt Ryan at the quarterback spot. Um, definitely, if I could choose between RB2s, uh, I would go with uh, Gary's Delvin Cook over Kerryon Johnson. Uh, and there's not a great upgrade option for Abby at running back either. So, yeah, definitely really good running back one and two uh, the way Delvin Cook played week one. So that's pretty exciting for him. Yeah, you know, Gator's got some uh, a couple problems with his roster. One, Tyreek Hill got hurt this game. He's going to be out for probably at least this week, if not several weeks. I can't remember what his exact injury was. I think it's like a you know rotator cuff strain. Then on top of that, Jordan Howard is in a real backfield by committee, and I don't really see there's not too much uh, depth on his bench to replace him. You know, you have to coin flip between the two Tampa Bay running backs. So, but. Uh... At running back, he's okay because he has Quan Barkley and Delvin Cook, so then he could start a wide receiver. And he on his bench, uh, he has Allen Robinson with 10.2 points and Michael Gallup with 15.8 points. So he could swap out Tyreek Hill for one of those and swap out Jordan Howard for the other, and he'd be in good shape. Yeah, there's potential there. But, you know, I'd still be a little bit worried about my, my roster as constructed right now just based on the injuries. And he so. has Justin Tucker, so can't emphasize him. <laughs> well, 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 that's why he won. Exactly. And he also I mean, he's no Harrison Butker, but whatever. And Deshaun uh, Watson scored 30 points, and he had uh, Carson Wentz with 25 on his bench. So pretty good, pretty good. Again, a lot of points left on the bench. This one actually worked out well for him. Deshaun Watson, he's good at football. Did you watch any of that last drive? I did not. By that, I mean the two plays that took them to score. I, uh, yeah, it was, we were getting ready for bed and stuff. I did, it was very funny to me. This is obviously a very self-centered story because mostly I'm paying attention to my team. Uh, but I was like, oh, this is like, you know, it was relatively early clear that I was probably going to beat Jen. And so it was just a matter of like how high I was going to score. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's pretty good. But then uh, my kicker was uh, Will Lutz for the Saints and he scored two field goals in the final minute of the game. Uh, so just padding the stats at the very end for no good reason. That was a sneaky humble brag there. Yeah, it was pretty er- clear early on I was going to be Jen, so I really wasn't worried. But then I just had some more points just for good measure. It w- but my point is I was aware of the end of that game because my kicker surprisingly kicked two field goals. He did kick two field goals in rapid succession. The second one was a 58-yarder, which I think in our league gets you some bonkers points. Oh, uh, yeah, above 50 is five points. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this... It's literally between um, a passing touchdown and a running touchdown for a simple field goal. So that's pretty good points. Indeed. Any other wrap-up thoughts on uh, the caboose going down? Do you have any particular joy that you took in this loss? Chugga, 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 choo-choo. Indeed. Look, if 
If the boost wasn't my fantasy nemesis, I wouldn't have such disdain. But seeing as he tends to kick my ass every time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, keep calling the boost, even though she's not currently in the boost spot. Yeah. Next, in order of winning score, now we take a pretty big jump on the winning side, uh, all the way up to 126.7 points for Megan Murphy, good enough and smart enough, over Alex Um, Goffsendahl's still not renamed, 65.7. Probably the fantasy gods penalized him for not updating his name. That's probably a big part of it. One, that has to be part of it. Uh, two, I think there should be some sort of institutional penalty for failing to update your team name at least one week into the season. Yeah. Can we dock him like five points? I think I, I, I mean, I certainly have that ability if I were to abuse my power. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't think it's abuse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. So uh, let's talk about this game. There is some, speaking of points on the bench, poor Alex could have had a pretty big week. Uh, not enough to win. But definitely a, a much a very respectable score if he had uh, just swapped a couple people around, and unfortunately he wound up with sixty five point seven. But uh, Meg got the one twenty six. She got twenty seven point nine from Derrick Henry, twenty three point one from DeAndre Hopkins, eighteen from Keenan Allen, seventeen from Evan Ingram. I didn't look around, but that must be the high score of tight end for the week. Um, it so, could be uh, Delaney Walker. He had two touchdowns, but so it could okay. be close. Okay. Uh, so yeah, very, very big week for Meg. And, uh, unfortunately for Alex on the bench, Sammy Watkins with 37.8 <laughs> and Philip Rivers with 23.9 versus Aaron Rodgers, the obvious start 12.9 in a victory over the bears, only 12.9 fantasy points. Yeah. I mean, huge game, but again, you look at who he would have started him over. He's not going to start over, over Odell Beckham. You're not going to start Sammy Watkins over Robert Woods. You could argue that maybe he's a flex play. You know, Sterling Shepard, you know, not the strongest flex play, but you're not making any poor decision by playing Sterling Shepard over basically anyone that's on his bench. So, you, you obviously, you wish you had that one back, but you can't really fault him. And it was obviously unpredictable that Tyree Kill would get hurt, uh, giving more of a spotlight to Sammy Watkins. Yes, absolutely. So, you're not going to ever predict that. And then, also, I'd like to point out that um, McMurphy's team goes off for a very high score, even though Joe Mixon gets hurt very early on the game and only goes for 1.7 points. So even if you get a normal dad of him, she's probably up there with you for a high score of the week. Yeah, between her quarterback and RB1, she got like 11 points combined. Yeah, and, and Baker Mayfield kind of phoned it in and ended up having a fine game. I mean, 9.4 is below what you wanted, but, you know, it's fine. You're not getting goose egg out of it. But, yeah, not a great game. And then Kenyon Drake also, you know, Again, you kind of want that one back, but you know, and, but there's no one else on her bench that really could have came in and really significantly changed things, even though there are people on her bench that technically scored more. Well, she could have improved her quarterback score by 0.3 points if she correctly started Ben Roethlisberger over Baker Mayfield. So yeah, well, that fair, would have made a big difference. Point. Next, the second highest score of the week would be your victory over Meg Collins. Your evolving name that I will require an explanation for currently... Meg's team dead was delicious before it was Meg's team dead today sensuously with no space yeah. uh, versus Russ Wilson's football planet. And you won 134.1 to 107.7. That is a brutal loss for Meg Collins, having the fourth highest score of the week uh, and losing by 27 points. Uh, that's, that's rough. All right. So to, if we respond to your question first, it is a play on the uh, – 
Dana Carvey, Tom Brokaw skit where he's doing multiple um, um, segments for if and when Gerald Ford dies. Okay. I will send it out on the WhatsApp. It's one of the best sketches ever committed to film. It was actually originally for the Dana Carvey show, but got the show got canceled before it ever aired. So they redid it for Saturday Night Live. It is hilarious. And so I'm playing around with it. I And this will change depending on, well, day to day, because I get bored. Why not? So, but to comment on this, yeah, brutal loss for Meg. Um, she is another person who has a lot of points on her bench. But again, what are you going to do? Like, so you leave Deshaun Jackson on the bench, but you're not going to start Deshaun over Julio Jones or T.Y. Hilton. And then she gets a great uh, play by uh, having Mark Ingram uh, as her flex. And he goes off for 22. Not a whole lot you can do. This, you're never going to play him over these other people. And when you have David Johnson and Devontae Freeman, those are your running backs. So you're not going to play anyone else in that position. It's, you know, Elshon Jeffrey goes off for 17.1. There's just – you can't play them all, and you can't – you're not going to not start Julio Jones. It, it just sucked to be have her luck today. Yeah, it also just sucked to have uh, the Falcons. They were not very good this week, and she had no. Devontae Freeman and Julio Jones. Uh, but bright side, she has a very good bench at this point. Uh, so she deep. scored. It is a deep bench. Yeah, she got she scored one hundred seven point seven. It's it sucks that she lost, but she already got one hundred seven, and she has a deep bench. So she should be in good shape moving forward, but unfortunately starts off 0-1. Yeah, absolutely true. Uh, on my side, um, I think my team went off as I kind of wanted it constructed to be. I mean, Mike Williams sucks. Don't know where he went to school, but whatever. And then, uh, like I said, Delaney Walker, he had two touchdowns. He had 17.5 points. Let's, I want to check that against um, uh, Evan Ingram. had 17.6, so close. But he did. it looks like Evan Ingram did have the best week for a tight end by 0.1 points, but Delaney Walker is right there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my team went off as constructed. I mean, I got a little bit lucky on Josh Jacobs putting up the Raiders offense deciding to play football, unlike Antonio Brown. Drew Brees had a Drew Brees kind of day. I didn't play Tom Brady, who had a better week, and I think he's going to be my starting quarterback going forward now that he's got all kinds of weapons. So I I think I'm kind of saying pretty right now. I will say, uh, good job. Obviously a great week. Uh, great Not as score. good as yours. Not as good I, as yours. I mean, it's practically the same. Uh, however, I will say, saying that it went off as constructed is pretty... That's a stretch to say, oh, yes, I constructed this team to score 135 points. Obviously, that's what that's just the way I drew it up. Uh, that's not going to happen every week. Uh, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. It was a good week. But uh, it's it's a, a bold statement to say that it went off as constructed. Challenge accepted, my friend. Mm, okay. If you average 134.1, I will buy you a Subway sandwich. That's all I'm getting for this? Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I'll take it. I don't like Subway sandwiches. Can we make it at least okay, Jimmy uh, John's? What are we doing? Uh, how about Jersey Mike? An update. Oh, better. Now we're talking. Okay. There you go. But, but, I'm going, but I want the big ones, the giant yeah, size. Sure. If yeah. you score 134.1, I'll get you a big Jersey Mike sandwich. Yes. Okay. Deal. <laughs> All right. Good job, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, a big week. Uh, I Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, uh, hopefully don't have to worry about him. Even when they're, when his team kind of sucked, he still got 17 points. Uh, Michael Thomas should be good. Uh, yeah. Delaney Walker, pretty cool. But yeah, Josh Jacobs, that was un unexpected. I don't know if Oakland will be that good every week, uh, but but that was great. And uh also, I will also say, when I predicted that you were going to lose, you did 
dramatically upgrade your defense, and that that was that would have probably been enough to swing my prediction. Uh, but uh, 17 points out of the Jets definitely helped as well. Yeah, I don't know how to tell you this, but I said on the podcast last week that, yeah, I'm going to change my defense over because I didn't like the Patriots, which, by the way, what the pa- let's look at what the Patriots actually scored because I think they probably put up more points than uh, the defense I actually started at the Jets. Patriots scored seven points. And what did my stupid defense score? 17. Okay, well, never mind then. Patriots had a decent game. Uh, they were, but they were blowing out the Steelers so badly that they could put up some points. But oh, you know what? I forgot about the pick six on like the first drive that the Jets had. So that's really that's really the difference there. Anyway, good job. Way to go! Yep. Big victory. Thank you. Rough game for Meg, but uh, she has a good team. You have a good team. Way to go! Uh, she, Meg's gonna be fine. Um, she's gonna have a good team the rest of the season. She obviously we talked about has a lot of depth. It's, I mean, only better days to come from here. Next and last. My game versus Jen, I did, fortunately for me, score the high of the week. Uh, and Jen, unfortunately for her, had the second lowest of the week, uh, setting up a big margin of victory. So 136.6, Bill Swirsky superfans, to 67.1, the ignorant sluts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry about that. But um, So, flash update. Um, Meg just brought... Uh, her phone over to me to show a update about uh, one Antonio Brown, who we just briefly discussed. And it's Antonio Brown accused of sexual assault in suit. So, yeah. More stuff for Antonio Brown. Only only the best players get picked in this league. Bummer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's going to be fun while he plays for the next six weeks before being suspended. Oh, three separate occasions of sexual assault. Wow. Way to go, Antonio. You're now the biggest bastard on my team. Good work. Okay, sorry. Didn't mean to uh, Didn't mean to take away from your gloating over the biggest victory of the week and the largest point total of the week. So let's get back to you versus the sluts. <laughs> I did beat the sluts, as we were hoping. Uh, yep, I had some luck. Uh, Kyler Murray, you were down on him, and he started off terrible. For three quarters. I looked like a genius for three quarters. Yeah. I was te- I was tempted to text you and rub it in and say, how's it taste now? Thankfully, I didn't. Because then he all goes off bonkers on the fourth quarter and then has the benefit of going into overtime. So that helps because you have to play more football. But yeah, if he continues to play like he did in the fourth quarter, okay. He seems like a good pick. Yeah. For three quarters, move. Yeah, it was uh, – I, I was – like Jen had 9.4 points out of Jared Goff and is like, oh, man, Kyler Murray has even fewer points than you in the fourth quarter. And then he went psycho. And I was like, wow, that was unexpected. Uh, Austin Eckler making me feel good, 33.4 points uh, at RB2. I hope that continues. Alvin Kamara I had at flex just because he had the latest game, 16.9. Uh, Ravens D I picked up because – Actually, I had that before the podcast, I think, we recorded. But, yeah, uh, they were playing against the Dolphins, who suck. And Will Lutz had those fluky end-of-game long field goals as well. So, overall, some uh, definitely some lucky uh, breaks there. I did have a decent bench, too. So, hopefully, uh, I choose wisely moving forward and still uh, put up some points. I don't expect to score 136. I, w- I will not go as far as to say my team played as constructed uh, I will say I was lucky to score 136 points, but uh, it went well. Jen, on the other hand, things did not go well for her. Nick Chubb touted 
you know, top 10 running back coming into the season. Uh, eight and a half points is not enough at that spot. Jared Goff, 9.4 points. That kind of sucks. Uh, Amari Cooper did all right, 16.6. Otherwise, uh, yeah, just Amari Cooper and Kenny Galladay scored above 10 points. So that's that will not cut it. Didn't go well. I'd say for Jen, uh, the team, their starters played below expectations, and I expect them to be a little bit better, except for David Montgomery. I still think that he's going to be a bit of a timeshare, and you know, if that offense doesn't get going and you're already sharing snaps, it could be a little bit rough. So I do expect the team to be a little bit better, but unlike a lot of the players or teams that we've talked about, her bench didn't exactly go off either. Adrian Peterson with a healthy healthy scratch. I mean, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones basically did nothing. Um, and the rest of the team, just not a whole lot. So hopefully the starters on her team get, you know, come to play for the rest of the year, then she'll be okay. But, you know, I'd be a little more concerned with her team than some others. Your team? I mean, deep bench. You got the Mike Collins problem. Uh, deep bench, Marlon Mack is apparently going to look like a stud. Uh, I didn't, apparently the uh, Andrew Luck retirement did not hurt him as much as I would have thought. And, you know, Josh Gordon, super high right now, is <laughs> having a good season. And now, curious, so you said Elvin Kamara was your flex only because he had a late game. What was the rationale behind that? Uh, just because... I want to put uh, the latest game I will put at a flex, even though they're the clear starter, just so that I have flexibility if someone gets hurt or something. If he can't play so that I can start either a wide receiver or running back uh, if there's a last-minute problem. Okay. I guess that makes sense to a certain amount. I don't see that you had anyone who was actually – oh, yeah, you had um, Tyrell Williams. I guess you could have started and a pinch for that, or I guess you could have picked someone up. Okay. I understand, but I think practically speaking, not, not as helpful, but okay, fair enough. Uh, also, yeah, so for Jen, uh, I agree that um, it sucks that her bench did not blow up either. I will say I expect so – Jen did the same thing uh, because we are married to each other and uh, have the same rationale. So she started – she had James Conner, her number one running back, also at her flex. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw, but Pittsburgh completely sucked. And uh, I <laughs> yeah. expect them to be better than that at least, at minimum better than that moving forward. Uh, and uh, I would hope that he would uh, – kick it up from 6.5 points. Yeah, like I said last week or the initial pot on James Conner, I don't think he's a true number one in fantasy. I think he's closer to a number two. But you have to, if you're going to draft him, you had to draft him as a number one. So I don't like him if he's your best back. You know, flex whatever. I think he's going to have a good year. I just don't think he's going to have a stellar year. He's not going to have your Alvin Kamara kind of year. He's not going to have your even a um, – who's a little bit further down the line – Nick um, Chubb, because that's our Nick actual Chubb. running back. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to have that kind of season. Um, the sluts do not like the Chubb, but <laughs> but you know he's going to have a better season too. Uh, speaking of teams that decide not to play, the Cleveland Browns decide not to play football, so he'll have a better year or better game next week too. So that is week one in the books, and uh, accordingly, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it, but uh, today TD Ameritrade did make some changes to the... TD Ameritrade, one of the finest institutions that this country has. They have the respects and the authority that comes with the bedrock and the touchstone of, of just pure, unadulterated magnificence. They are probably the smartest company in the history of America. I don't want to um, be suspicious, but I, I n- note that last week you said they were stupid. And you are in seventh place. And this week, you say they're amazing, and you're in third place. 
Are those two I, things related? I don't remember saying that. You don't have any proof of If you go back and listen to what I said, you're going to find out that you're wrong and that I am right because I didn't say any of those things. There's no way you could prove that. So you're wrong, absolutely wrong. You should be ashamed of yourself. Don't ever attack me like that. And um, basically, I should take over this podcast and it should just be me rambling into a microphone for like two and a half hours. Then you should edit it and then put it out. But I should be doing all the work. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will say – Yes. <laughs> I, one thing besides obviously TD Ameritrade final standings projection being stupid. Uh, also, why is it permanently sorted on the draft day standings and not the current standings? It is like next to impossible to read. Yeah. Your stupid chart. Yeah. <laughs> you need to look for the dark circles and then you reorder them in your mind. So the current standings, looking at the little dark circles, uh, we've got Casey went up from two to one. Uh, Gary went down from one to two. You went up all the way from seven up to third. Oh, did I? You oh, I, sure I was not aware. I was not notice. aware of that. I was not aware of that at all. That's, uh, that's Meg weird. Murphy, okay. Rock solid at four, didn't move. Uh, <laughs> Annalisa started at third, down to fifth. I am back up to sixth. I was sixth, and then seventh, and then tenth, and now back up to sixth. Uh, seventh, we've got uh, Vance down by the river. The caboose started Boosh. at ten at draft day, and now is up to seven. Uh, Russ and now Meg Collins started at fifth, and she dropped to tenth, unfortunately. Uh, then we've got Goffs and Dolls. Alex is still at nine, and then uh, Jen, who was eighth, and then went up to fourth, and now is down to tenth. So she has been everywhere from tenth to fourth in, in our one week season. These things do just make absolutely no sense. All right, so you have like the high score of the week. And you barely get moved whatsoever. Meanwhile, well, I did go up four spots because they did go from six to tenth to six. So I jumped. It's just that they had me all the way at the bottom before the jump. Okay, fair. I mine vaults up four spots. Gary has a perfectly good but average week. Drops somehow, and then for whatever reason, Meg's team gets has a very high score and a deep bench, but then somehow it gets dropped. Even more, it's just weird. And Jen's scene goes to the bottom for reasons unknown. Just it's all over the place. Yeah, and uh, Casey had the lowest winning score of the week. Uh, he barely wins with eighty-five point two, and he goes up from second to first. Yeah, that's that's how you write it up. Yeah, so it's still stupid. Um, I still don't give it any credence, and I also will be intellectually honest. And even when it rightfully makes me slowly go higher and higher, I still will think it's stupid. That's what I say. It's, uh, so long as I'm doing well, it's perfect. So, um, I believe you wanted to discuss our uh, predictions for wins and losses. I uh, I know how this went, but I'll, I'll allow you to take the stage and discuss our predictions for uh, the week one, who would win each game. Okay, so I'm just doing this in order of left to right as they appear on my screen. Uh, in the so obviously these are all the uh, rivalry matchups. In me versus the wife, Meg Collins, I picked myself. You picked Meg. I, of course, was right. So I take the win there. In you versus uh, Jen, you picked yourself because you have to believe in yourself, as we discussed last week. Mm -hmm. And I went with Jen, and I'm regretting that. So you got the win for that. Uh, Casey versus Annalisa. 
uh, we actually both went with Anna Lisa, and we were both dead wrong. So that did not work out well for us. So um, one, one, and one so far. Yes, so far. Um, and Alex Um versus Meg M. You went with Alex. I went with Meg M. And got the, the dub there. And we were both right with Gary over Abby. So as it stands right now, assuming I didn't do something stupid because I was actually uh, looking through these results and trying making up my spreadsheet during the middle of a deposition today because I love my job and I focus at it 100%. I am off to a commanding nigh insurmountable lead of three wins and two losses compared to your two wins and three losses. Yes. Um, I was... Or right and wrong, I should say. Yeah. I got three rights versus two wrong, and you got two versus three. This season's practically a wrap, so why don't we just go ahead and uh, assign me the win? So I, I have a question, and yes. feel free to eliminate this. It is obviously, obviously me asking this is happens to function self-servingly. However, I swear I would have asked this anyway, because in my mind, this is similar to if you listen to uh, Bill Simmons' port, uh, BS report, um, he does the guess the lines with cousin Sal every week, um, okay. on, on, uh, Monday nights. And what they do is they keep, they pr- try to predict the line for the upcoming week. And, um, Sal writes them all down and whoever gets the most that week wins just that week. And so each week is like a one victory. Uh, so it doesn't matter how badly you win or lose a week. It is just keeping track of how many weeks you win throughout the course of the season. Uh, and so I was wondering if you... To keep it would be kept more interesting for the rest of the season if we just do wins and losses for the week as opposed to a running tally of uh, correct and incorrect predictions. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, I'm fine with that. I'll keep track of both. So we'll have the uh, the raw score and then the head to head score. And you know, it, to the extent that one is significantly different than the other, which could be you know could be some blowout weeks. But we'll go with uh, head-to-head wins and losses. Okay. So I took the win for this week. You took the loss. Yeah, it's the same margin of victory this particular week because you won. Yes. Um, you know, one difference. But anywho. Yes. Congratulations, sir. Uh, so, uh, let with that, let us look at week two. Uh, but I believe you have uh, a, an interruption uh, from our commercial sponsor. Yes, uh, Pat. As you know, these podcasts aren't free. And so we do have a sponsor lovely this week, and the sponsor this week is from the city of Springfield, Missouri. So come see the city that USA Today called at least in the top half of all 67 Springfields in the United States. Springfield, Missouri, located just minutes away from the original Bass Pro Shop Outdoor World. Yes, that's the original Bass Pro Shop Outdoor World, not to be confused with the shoddy knockoffs. Springfield, Missouri, come see a city that has everything. AA baseball team, Nathaniel Green Museum. And a Walmart that is the city's actually third largest employer. So it's got that going for it. Springfield, Missouri. Come see the city that is to Branson, Missouri, what Pahrump is to Las Vegas. Springfield, Missouri. Come visit us. Please. Like, <laughs> seriously, we don't get a lot of visitors. Super lonely. Springfield, Missouri. I wonder what their budget, their advertising budget is. Thank you for the sponsorship. Yeah, got to be massive. Um, well... You you heard it here first. Uh, I I do think it's funny uh, that there are sixty seven Springfields. So how so a lot of states have two. That would be really confusing. I actually looked this up. There are sixty seven. That's not a joke. And also every English speaking speaking country has a Springfield. That is crazy. How are there sixty seven? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Are there? Are we talking like? No, is there, there like, might a be like a Springfield Heights? Springfield I'm Puerto guessing. Rico. Springfield Guam. It could be. I, I think there's probably just plays on Springfield, you know, like 
Springfield like, town. Yeah. Something like that. And they just call it. Well, we have the, the important Springfield here. So there's that. You know, every time I hear Springfield, I think of ours, but I mean, there's so many others. If it's not ours, I think Springfield mass, but I, I think number one has to be uh, Simpson Springfield. Number two, Springfield, Illinois. I always assumed that Springfield, well, I know that Springfield Simpsons, technically speaking, has no um, overall um, actual geographic location, even though some people have attempted to ascertain it. Uh, but seeing as our Springfield does have a Shelbyville outside of it, and Shelbyville is the main rival to Simpson Springfield, I always kind of assumed it was ours. Yeah, but the geography is all crazy. But they did that on purpose, as you said. Anywho, yeah. so thank you, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, we've got week two now on the book so what order do you want to do these in um i guess i I think yeah let's do reverse uh line order so uh biggest margin predicted to least and i will say this time spoiler so mine is the closest prediction but i did not pick it for game of the week i have a different game of the week even though uh having the most the closest prediction does tend to make it more exciting but that's not what i went with so here we go let's do it so, oh, big man, who has the largest uh, projected margin of victory? That would be your team. Meg's team was delicious versus you can't beat the Mingo. So uh, that that Damn is right. Uh, this was my second choice for game of the week um, because it's two teams that won, and uh, it, it it is exciting, and it could be high scoring. Uh, but right now, it is a blowout, and also I didn't want to necessarily pick you for two weeks in a row. Um, but we'll see what happens. So anyway, uh, we've got currently Meg's team dead was delicious. Uh, probably, I assume that will be renamed to something insulting. Gary, uh, 100.7, uh, versus you can't be to the mango 83.9. Uh, so you have a 15 point advantage in the projection. Uh, looking at the lineups, you swapped in Tom Brady, as you said, uh, and they predict he will continue to do well. Le'Veon Bell, good game. Chris Carson, good game. Michael Thomas, good game. Antonio Brown, uh, they actually kind of a modest projection for him. Also, oh my God, I didn't. Use, I just now noticed that the Patriots are playing Miami, who is maybe going to go zero and sixteen <laughs> this week. Right? Yeah, it's it's going to be a bad week uh, for Miami. So I would increase your projection by like twenty points. Uh, <laughs> And the, and the great thing is, you know, Tom Brady's not going to come out of the game. Yeah, like, no. That guy just doesn't come out. They're not going to, like, pull him in the third quarter and be like, hey, who's the backup? Jared Hoyer? I have no idea who the backup is. Go, in, go get some snaps, kid. It's not going to happen. So he's going to just eat up some garbage time. I will point out that uh, r- right now Gary still has Tyreek Hill in his starting lineup uh, with a goose egg because he's hurt. So he could swap in Allen Robinson for 8.2 points. So he could close the gap yeah. by 8 points. Uh, yeah, so this is an artificial gap. But you know, it's, I still think it's about a 10-point spread. Um, I don't think it's going to be as close. I think it's going to be bigger than that because I think the Patriots going to go off and Antonio, Brown, Antonio Brown's going to get like a token touchdown at some point just because it's his first game and they're going to try to find him. I like my chances. And it's going to go off as constructed for 134 points. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm getting that sandwich. That sandwich is basically as good as mine. Just buy it now and keep it in your fridge. And then in three months, I'm going to come by and get that sandwich. They only have Justin Tucker for 9.6 points. And uh, I think he's going to score at least 25. So I think it's going to, it really should be projected to be a tie. Um, (laughs) 
But yes, uh, as far as our, our wagering, our prediction, I did have you uh, coming out victorious on this one. Oh, good, because I also picked myself. So we that will be a push no matter what. Yes. Uh, I and, and for the record, we discussed this last week, and then Pat and I discussed this off the air. We have made our picks independently of one another. You can't see my screen, but I've already had all mine down. So you'll have to take me at my word that there's no collusion between these picks. Yes. Next, we've got uh, the next biggest margin of victory is, uh, what's that? It's Pat Casey Johnson, a nine and a half point favorite over the ignorant sluts, Jennifer Murphy, uh, 97.2. So looking at this matchup, as we discussed, all these people very recently. Yeah, we don't, I don't think we need to break down the rosters too much more in depth. Yeah. Just, I guess, how we predict this game is going to go through. Yeah, so uh, seems like the Chiefs are good. Um, I guess it's kind of hard to get a read on Green Bay because they didn't do great, but also the Bears' defense is probably still very, very good. So maybe they sucked because the Bears' defense is so good. Sony Michelle, what's going to happen there? Uh, who knows? Because uh, it's New England who should explode, but it is hard to predict New England running backs. Uh, yeah, so right now it is about a 10-point game. And I did, in fact, go with Casey on this one. Sorry, Jen. Yeah, rising tide raises all ships. So Sonny Michelle is going to get his this week just because I think there's just going to be so many points to go around. And Devin Singletary is the guy in Buffalo. So I I went with um, Casey as well. So we're not going to be making much change right now. I hope we didn't go five for five in the same direction. We'll see. <laughs> if uh, we did, yeah, all right. Hopefully we didn't, but we'll see. It'll be more. Next... If we did, we might have to go back to making our picks live on the air so at least one of us can try to zig while the other person is zagging. Yeah, you could. There's incentive to at least go against the grain once or twice. Right. If, uh, if So, anyway, next biggest margin. Next one. Uh, we've got my match of the week for no other reason than the fact it is the Battle of the Megs, which I will point out again. You may not believe me, but I, other than arranging the rivalry matches, I do randomize the schedule. And, uh, but. The Battle of the Megs has happened in the first four weeks of the season every year uh, by chance. So we are at our seventh in a row double Battle of the Megs. Even though they're not an official rival, uh, they have the they function as a rivalry because they keep playing each other twice a year. Uh, but it is well, randomized. Here. Well, when you randomize, does the schedule just repeat after you play all the teams and start over from the beginning? So and yeah, what I, I so what I do is I manually set week one and week 10 as rivalry week. And then I, I repeat. So I repeat one weeks, one through four as weeks 10 through 13. Uh, Got it. And so, so it is random for weeks two through nine, which is by the way, annoying to do by hand because you have to make all everyone's schedule work. It takes me kind of a long time to make a schedule, but anyway, let me, let me think about that. So there's 10 teams in the league. Obviously minus yourself is one then minus your rivals, another one. So then, really, there's eight teams left. So it's and three weeks. So it's really a three out of eight chance each week or each year to play for the Megs to play. It's a 0.375 percent or 37.5 percent chance. So you know, it's, that's reasonably high. I mean, times uh, you know three years is going to drive that down significantly, but still, it's not terribly, terribly um, uh, unlikely. But yeah, it. it with this amount of it's frequency, yes, it, it, it's gotten there. Yeah, we're in the seventh season, so you're you're flipping a three sided coin and getting heads seven times in a row. That three sided coin, that'd be sweet. Yeah, whatever. Anywho, so my yeah. match of the week, a pretty close matchup. Good enough and smart enough. 
Meg Murphy versus Russell Wilson's football planet. Uh, Meg Collins' current projection. Meg Murphy with a slight advantage. Uh, Meg Murphy, both both teams very strong, both in the top four. Uh, they were their second and uh, sorry third and fourth in points scored week one. They both look pretty strong, and this is I think this might be the only match that we have a strong chance of disagreeing on. Uh, but maybe we won't. I don't know. I will go with Megan Murphy this time. I know Baker Mayfield and Joe Mixon are wild cards. I think Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins will continue to uh, do well, and so I give the advantage to Megan Murphy. I'm going with Mike Collins. Um, Man, I with, thought so. With Joe, because of Joe Mixon, I think he's not going to play. And so while they're, they're projecting his playing, so it's not as though you know he's a zero right now on the board and he's going to get a five to ten point bump. I think he's still projected to play, but I don't think he's going to. And then looking at her bench, I don't uh, – you either have to go with Royce Freeman or Matt Breida, and both of which are good, but obviously not stellar options like Joe Mixon. So I don't think that uh, uh, she has the horses to win this one. All right, so this is our, I'm guessing, our only divergence this week, but we shall see. Uh, Good luck to the Megs. My match of the week, I don't know about you. In the middle, the second closest game by ESPN's projection, we've got the Girly Men versus Goffs and Dolls, and we've got currently a a one-and-a-half point edge to Annalisa, the Girly Men. Oh, see, I've got it as a .9. Maybe I have to refresh. Yeah, I have oh. a point nine, and it goes to Alex. Oh, yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Things changed, or either the projection changed or the lineup changed before uh, since I changed my sure. browser. But anywho, uh, and in this one, I actually went with Annalisa. Um, she's got, I think Cam Newton will ba- bounce back. Uh, Todd Gurley is very good. Uh, Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I, I. now it's even closer than I thought, so maybe maybe you will go the other way. Who knows? Uh, what do you think? You know, I think this is exactly what this matchup looks like. It's going to be very tight. Uh, I always said, already said the Patriots are probably going to have a bonkers day, so James White might go off. But, you know, the rest of the team of uh, Alex is just kind of um, disappointed last week. And, you know, Sammy Watkins obviously not going to go just explode again. I think, you know, the game plan is going to focus more on him, especially with Tyreek Hill out. So I actually like uh, analysts in this game. I will say, I agree. Uh, so yeah, we do agree. Uh, Alex's team set to improve when he has Melvin Gordon back, but uh, still sitting out. Hopefully he doesn't sit yeah. out the season. That, that if has, that ever happens. Yeah, that, that has happened before. So now we're at the closest matchup, and that would be me versus the Caboose. Uh, it is stupidly close. Currently a zero. Oh, it changed again. No, it's, it was it's changed, yeah. It so was a 0.1 point edge for me. And now it is a 1.6 point edge for me. So it is so, slightly yeah. less close. I will confirm that when I looked at this, it was a 0.1 point difference before. So actually, we should have done this in a different order. But look, they're still stupidly close. It's a statistical non. There's no change there. It's, it's a coin flip. So whatever. So uh, I, as I said, I don't think I will blow up like I did week one. Um, but I I'm got to bet on myself. I hope I do well. And uh, hopefully I can continue to push the caboose to the back of the train. Boos, boos. Um, You know, I picked you. I think that you've got um, a decent team here, uh, especially based on the week one standings. If, you know, Austin Eckler is going to get all that run and Hugh Smith-Schutz is going to have a better game. Really, I'm going to say can't get worse, but, you know, he did not do uh, what Juju does normally. And Kyler Murray looks like, I don't say he's figured out, like one quarter does not make an entire season. 
But if they've figured out just a little bit of what they can do, then they're in good shape. Plus, they're playing Baltimore, who just went bonkers out on points. And while Baltimore does have a decent defense, it's not the, exactly like the 2000 Ravens like it was before. But Baltimore also just put up, what, 49 or 59 points? They're going to score a bunch. The Cardinals are going to need to score a bunch. So they're going to be throwing it and airing it out. I think i like Kyler Murray to put up a bunch of uh, points, even if some of these points are garbage points. So I picked you. Cool. So, so we both agree though, on that. There we go. Um, I, quick tangent, because I know the most about my own team. <laughs> so you asked last week, uh, why don't I know how to pronounce anyone's names? Or maybe it was two weeks ago. And uh, I realized, you asked, do I watch any football? I First of all, no, I barely watch any football. But uh, I, as I was... host an entire fantasy po- podcast about football. Uh, this entire podcast about fantasy football. You seem like the ideal person for it. However, I realized the particular reason that I don't that I'm especially weak on uh, pronunciations because when I was watching the Red Zone this week, um, it was as always when at least one child was sleeping, and so we had it on almost no volume with subtitles on and the Red Zone, so I could almost never hear the announcers uh, at all. And I realized that's pretty much the way I've watched football for the past like four years is uh, with almost no sound. And uh, that that does tend to make sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, that is probably part of the problem. Uh, and I just don't watch enough football in general, but I will try to, I will endeavor to do better. I will tell you as a hack around that one thing I figured out uh, early on with Sloan was that um, because we, we use um, Apple TVs to stream uh, YouTube TV just via that. And you can actually connect your AirPods to the Apple TV. So uh, getting the TV sounds directly into your headphones rather than playing through the speakers. So that might be a nice little workaround if you're so inclined. You know, I'm sure you can figure out some sort of wireless system even if you don't use I've, I've got a few wireless headphone options. You may be surprised to hear. Shocked. Um, the other thing uh, that I enjoy, I was reminded of the fact that I, I had previously known, but I forgot, uh, but Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, his given name, John Smith. What is it? John Smith. Way more John boring. Smith. John Smith Schuster? <laughs> uh, well, he his, he was born John Smith, nicknamed Juju, and then he took the last name of his uh, his stepfather who raised him. Uh, and so he made the Smith Schuster, and Juju was his nickname that essentially is formalized. But he was John Smith. And uh, so Juju Smith Schuster is much more interesting. So way to go. Good branding. I was want, I'm always curious as to when a nickname just becomes a person's given name. Your Magic Johnsons, your Tiger Woods, your Juju Smith Schusters, you know any of those people like haha clinton dicks at what point do you just say no 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 no. this is my name now and i don't care what it says on my birth certificate my license this is my name yeah anywho so that is uh that's week two a look ahead we'll see what happens uh good luck to you sir good luck to everybody and uh i hope everyone has fun any any last thoughts for the pod for the for the league for the for the crowd uh, go make go, and by that I mean make Collins, because that's really the only person, that's literally the only matchup we differed on, so it's really the only matchup we care about this week, other than our own. Okay. Well, yeah. good luck, everybody, and uh, have a lovely no. week. Visit Agreed. Springfield. <laughs> Beautiful, historic Springfield. Bye, everybody! Later. <laughs> <laughs>